Welcome to Four Down Territory. As Stink and Mike take a look at the four biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Slareth and Evans kicking it off with First Down. It's looking good for the Avalanche at the start of the third period, up 3-2 over Anaheim. And then Jared Bednar's team fell apart, giving up three goals and losing 5-3. I mean, I, I, I don't like what, what we did in the third period, like for the start of it. The pushback's got to be quicker. The response has to be sooner. You, you can learn some lessons. That's what the regular season's for, right? You got to learn lessons, but you can't repeat the same mistakes, you know? Like, so if it was a mental error, a turnover, you get to look back on it in video and you're like, I see what you're seeing there, and they knock a puck down or they make something happen. I don't like getting outworked for, like, stretches that cost you hockey. Games and, and and that's what it was. It's called it what it is. Mm. But you know why? You know why I can't sweat this one at all is because this team proved in the aftermath of their team meeting mm-hmm. that they can flip the switch. Yeah. And so after winning six in a row and proving their point, they let down. Okay, they let down. They eased up. They eased up and they lost a game that they shouldn't have lost. But we know it's there. With these guys. Right. We know it's there. You, and they can tap into it pretty much whenever they want to. You're going to have, you're going to have, you know, ebbs and flows. You're going to have momentum shifts. You're going to have those things happen in the course of a game. Regardless of what sport you play. That that happens, right? That's part of every game. The bottom line to me is you can't have it happen for 10 minutes. At some point, you got to shake out of it and say, okay, that's enough. Enough's enough. We got to come back and play. And that's what they didn't do in that third period where, let's face it, they, to me, even at 3-2, they were dominating, dominating that game. Um, And you know what? They had that lull. And they here's the problem. When you let that lull go for a long period of time, it's really hard to capture your momentum back. You almost fall into, the, you fall into that kind of, oh, woe is me, doldrum type of, you know, lethargy. And, Great word. Yeah, and that's kind of where they were last night, and they never snapped out of it. They'll be fine. Second down. Nikola Jokic, NBA Western Conference All-Star starter. Back-to-back MVP Nikola Jokic, four-time All-Star. This will be this is fifth-time All-Star, third straight start, averaging 25-11 and a career-high 9.9 assists. His 15 triple-doubles leaves the NBA, and the Denver Nuggets at 34 and 15 are the number one seed in the Western Conference. You know, you think about the the fan voting. That, that's what I'm most curious about, right? When it comes to the fan voting. Yeah. The only players in the Western Conference that got more votes, fan votes, than Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, Steph Curry, and Luka. That's it. Right. So, you know, any, any idea, any anything that's put out by any Nugget fan or Nugget media that says, ah, Nikola Jokic disrespected. Not at all. The... the I, I know we, we sometimes get our whole Nikola Jokic picture framed by what ESPN is doing. Right. Okay, they're they're in the business of getting clicks and viewers, and they want to showcase dunks and things like that. Yeah. But the people that know basketball, and I'm going to put that out there, include the fans, the, the basketball fans out there know basketball. And they voted 
appropriately. And, and they recognize Jokic's greatness, not just here in Denver. Correct. And they do. They they see it. They see it on a night-to-night basis. They, I mean, for crying out loud, every night you, you look at the box score, the guy's got a triple-double. Dude, he's averaging, he's averaging, what, .1 assists away from averaging a triple-double on the season? He's got 9.9 assists per game. Dude, he's got to eat, like, you got to feed some people. By the way, his his uh, fan voting, he was like uh, less than a hundred grand behind Luka, and he was only a couple hundred thousand behind uh, Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. He's basically in the same ballpark as right. Luka, Curry, for fan voting, the only one that, that blew him all away was was LeBron. Yeah, and why? I mean, you get that market, that LA market. You're gonna and and those. Come on, let's face it. Oh, I don't, I don't have a problem with LeBron getting those votes. No, 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 deserves no. Them. He, That's fine. Right? No, I don't either. But you've got those markets. You've got Dallas, and we got big markets. Dallas, yeah, and obviously, and San, yeah, yeah the obviously whole. The, the whole San Francisco Golden State with their championships they've won and Steph Curry, the popularity of Steph Curry. I, I totally understand that as well. Yeah. So actually, for for Jokic to have this this kind of nationwide, worldwide. Right. Voting. Uh, huge. It's huge. That's, it's a, that's, huge. A, that's a monumental statement, actually. Third down. What's going to happen with the Broncos coaching search? When it's all said and done. Crystal ball is forming. Come on. we. It has been an unbelievable week. It's been a fun week. Exhausting week. Chaotic week. But it ultimately has been a fun week trying to make sense of all this. But uh, crystal ball it for me, okay, Mark? After everything that has gone on, the Denver Broncos' next coach will be... Ladies and gentlemen, we would like to introduce to you the new head coach of your Denver Broncos. Stop, stop right now, because I honestly don't know who he's going to say. Folks, I really don't know who he's going to say. Go ahead. I I, I don't know. Jim Caldwell. <laughs> Are you being funny? No, I'm not being funny at all. And you base that on? I base that on, I think, D'Amico Ryans will choose Houston. And the Broncos will not go back to Sean Payton at that point? No, I think that ship has sailed. I think they've decided to move on. What about David Shaw? Uh, Jim, I, I will say this about Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell, um, I wouldn't it's hate not you. as cantankerous. I wouldn't hate Jim no. Caldwell. Jim Caldwell is not cantankerous, um, but he's you know he's about as personality wise in front of a podium is about as dynamic Who as cares? Fangio. I don't care. Right? How is, he, a, how is he in front of a room? He's a good coach. Room. He's a good Run coach. Away. He's a good coach, and he won in Detroit. People, yeah, that's right. He had a winning record in Detroit. I would much rather prefer Jim Caldwell over D'Amico Ryan's. I, I, well, I've told you some day one. I love D'Amico. D'Amico's been like he's been great. I want a I want a certified pre-owned. One, two, three, fourth down. Nathaniel Hackett lands on his feet as he is now Robert Salas OC in New York with the Jets. Nathaniel, he's um, you know one of the great strengths is that he is a West Coast uh, offense, uh, West Coast uh, uh, guy with regards to scheme. So there's going to be some continuity there. He's got a proven history of being able to develop a heck of a run game uh, in every stop that he's ever been in. Got a proven track record of tremendous relationships with all the quarterbacks that he's ever worked with, and he's gotten great, great head to head success with all the quarterbacks that he's worked with. 
<laughs> fever not buying that one. I, I know it is just automatically assumed that this is yet again another draw for, for Aaron Rodgers, but what about looking at it a different way? What about the idea that, hey, we're, we still need to try to salvage Zach Wilson and Hackett has the kind of personality that might be able to connect with Zach Wilson and get more out of Zach Wilson. How much of it do you think was hiring Hackett to draw Aaron or to work well with Zach Wilson? Oh, I think it's, I think, you know, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's partially, can we draw Aaron Rodgers? But we need a guy that connects with a young guy that can get the best out of that young guy. And, you know, when, when I sit there, when I talk to Daniel Hackett and, you know, and you listen to the press conferences and, oh, how we can't run the boot game anymore. The boot game doesn't work. You know, we're getting a bunch of ni- wide nines and da 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 And everybody in the league is running the boot game. Like, that to me is Russ doesn't want to run the boot game. Doesn't, doesn't that, I mean, that, because guess what? When they finally fired Nathaniel Hackett, you know what they were running again? They were getting the boot game. They were getting the waggle game. They were doing, they, they were getting Russ outside the pocket. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like, like we've had a bad experience because, you know, Nathaniel Hackett got here as head coach and it didn't work out. I get that. I mean, that, that happens to a lot of guys. Mike Shanahan got fired in Oakland for the Raiders. How'd it work out for us? Actually, it worked out really well. So, you know, he went back to San Francisco and was an offensive coordinator, and then he came back here and became a head coach. That'll do it for Four Down Territory, our tour around the Denver sports scene. Up next, the best of uh, Is It Just Me Friday, giving you a chance to get those hot sports takes out there and a lot of them to choose from. We'll do it next. Schlereth and Evans on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. On this Is It Just Me Friday, giving you a chance to uh, weigh in on everything and anything. A lot of, a lot of good stuff. Here's one for you that uh, I, I love. Is it just me or you, Denver, Colorado homers, don't understand that Todd Helton is not a Hall of Famer and never should be? Well, first of all, he is going to be a Hall of Famer. Okay, Correct. He got to a threshold that nobody has ever gotten to and not gotten in the next year. He got to 73.2%, just short, 11 votes short of the, the 75 Nobody has ever gotten this close unless they completely, you know, Kurt Schilling like self destruct uh, and not gotten in. So Todd will get in. Todd's going to be Hall of Famer. So that's yes, he is. That's you're wrong on one account. Secondly, I saw something the other day because everybody thinks about um, you know Coors Field. It's all about Coors Field, right? Uh-huh. I saw they, you know the analytic his geeks, splits. They can they can they can yeah. do something where they can adjust what a guy does in one park. And how would it translate into another park that right. maybe isn't perceived to be as hitter friendly? He, they, I think they did. Um, uh, was it uh, Philly and Texas? Two different other, two other ballparks, right. and his numbers identical yeah. across the board. Yeah, everything he did at Coors Field, he would have done at these other ballparks. Sure. So, uh, yeah, take and, that for data. Yeah, and his uh, like his splits and stuff. I mean, he was good. It didn't matter where he he went. By the way. You know what a disadvantage Coors Field is when you go on the road as a hitter? I mean, you think about the timing and the expertise it takes to hit a baseball, one of the hardest things in the world to do, and then all of a sudden you spend a week at home, 
you get two series at home, and then you go on the road for a week, and for the first three games, you, you have to readjust your sight. You readjust the way the ball moves. I mean, I would say the course field is actually a disadvantage. You, you know, I mean, I, I understand the the power numbers at home, but that's that's incredibly tough. And then the other thing that nobody ever nobody ever I, I guess puts in this or nobody ever really talks about, man, he was dude defensively, that dude that dude could scoop, man. That dude at first base was all especially with a sun in your eyes and everything else, he was he would save your runs every game. Oh yeah. I mean the guy was amazing. So you gotta put that in there. I too. would sit over there sometimes for a game. Oh, and I'd be like, how the heck are you seeing this baseball? Right. I can't see it. Yeah. How do you see in this baseball? And then we built a bunch of glorious apartments down there, and now you see just fine. I'm being I'll sarcastic. never forget when, when Daniel was pitching. My son was pitching for the Tigers, and he struck Todd Helton out. And here in Coors. And, uh, now that's trying. And Todd came through the tunnel after the game and was livid. <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah, I'd known Todd forever, yeah. right? And Todd, you I'm said, sure you didn't say anything? No, no, no. I, I mean, we we talked. Yeah, I, I know, but but he's like, I can't believe that little son of a, you know. He was, I mean, he was still heated, and he goes, "That's one of the the most pissed off strikeouts I've ever had in my entire life." <laughs> I mean, threw his bat on the, you know, into the bat thing, and I, like he was he was hot, um, but he like I like he's standing on the mound. And, and I, he goes, that's the kid I used to give my mitt to when he was 12 years old. And you guys used to come because he was, a, you know, he played a little first base. So Todd would always give him a mitt. And, you know, and so it was, it was pretty funny. That was pretty cool for me. For uh, me, it was really cool. Here's another one. Is it just me or you guys need to stop drinking the Nuggets Kool-Aid? They are second round and out. That's baloney. What? That's baloney. No. Who right now, like who right now in the West is playing better than the Nuggets. Memphis has been good, right? The Grizzlies have been good, but come on. I mean, like, who's better than them right now? So, I, I think the, the only... Here's the only thing I look at when I look at the Western Conference. The only thing, and and honestly, Memphis, over the course of a seven-game series, I'll tell you, I, I like the Nuggets' chances I do too. over the course of a seven-game series. Too. The only team in the West that scares me is Golden State. Yes, and that's and that's strictly based on there. There's an element of Golden State as I've been because I've been keeping a leery eye on Golden State throughout mm-hmm. all this, and I, I know their record isn't that great. They're looking at right now like they'd be uh, in a, in a playing game. Right, that could easily change because the conference is so jumbled up. But I've just been just been paying attention to them and. You know how we've been talking about the Avalanche as, hey, this is a team that knows how long the road is, mm-hmm. knows how long the regular season is, knows how long the the playoff road is, and they just can't summon up that kind of intensity and energy through the big 82-game schedule. Right. They're going to pick their spots, right? We've said that about the Avs. Mm-hmm. Golden State's done the same thing. And once they've approached a game where they said, okay, let's go. They look good. So right. I, I'm still leery of them. That's it. 
They're the so if you can avoid drawing right. Golden State in round one or go- round two, then absolutely the Nuggets are going to go to the Western Conference Finals. They're the team that that they're the team that scares me from the standpoint of I always think of watching them get small and just run and perimeter defense. When you're knocking down shots and you're that and you can get that small with guards, the pool that can shoot and Thompson that can shoot and and Steph Curry that can shoot, like and, and you know and, and you're playing um oh Draymond Green as your five, right? It it just is when they get into that and I've seen them get into that against the Nuggets and just run the Nuggets off the court. Like that's the that matchup scares me a little bit. But that's it. Right. That's it. I, I even had somebody say, ooh, are you, are you paying attention to the Lakers? If Anthony Davis gets right, what? No, 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 no. First of all, you're counting on Anthony Davis getting right and staying right. right. Can't do it. Anthony Davis is a paper cut away from never playing again. <laughs> <laughs> Kawhi agrees with you. Yes. What's trending? Coming up next, it's prediction time. Uh-oh, Chiefs Kingdom. Burrowhead is the site of your demise on Sunday. Burrowhead. Ha! I love it. That's next. Here's Schlereth and Evans with What's Trending right now. Oh, Stink, you are priceless. You are priceless. So, we told you yesterday what's trending about the uh, Uber Eats delivery guy who brought a a bag of uh, McDonald's McDonald's. into a a college basketball game and and came out on the court and was wandering Mm -hmm. aimlessly around. Well, turns out it was a prank. Oh, and even even, college students. even the students were in on it. It was it was being done for a TikTok video mm-hmm. and all that. And um, well, they I mean they won. They won. They won the internet. Dude had a microphone on. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, like it was a good prank. It's actually a good prank. Although um, you're rolling out on the court during a game is probably not. You know, that's well, probably, the way that the way that people looking for their fifty minutes of fame are, he was he was probably hoping like he'd get tackled and he'd get that kind of treatment that you get if you run onto a field at right. a baseball or football game. Maybe he was hoping for that. I don't know. I think uh, more spectacular the better. Right. I think it was uh, the but the the job was done. Right. They got what they needed. They did. Yeah. They did indeed. So yesterday we were talking about uh, load management and how, mm-hmm. unfortunately, but maybe it's the right thing to do. The Nuggets have now gone down that dark hole in the NBA where they're protecting players and sitting guys out, much to the detriment of the fans who want to see them play. Well, Charles Barkley, here's your complaints, folks. He's not a fan of load management. First of all, it's embarrassing for the NBA, and I cannot wait for these owners to put their foot in in this next CBA. These dudes going to do something to these players. They're going to be like, wait a minute, you can't make $50 million and not play half the season, okay? Because now you're just really just like slapping me in my face, taking my check twice mm-hmm. a month. I see guys that got a sore hip or something. I'm like, everybody's sore in the NBA after <laughs> 20, 30, 40 games. I think it's going to be very interesting in the next CBA because billionaires always wins against millionaires. And I think those owners are going to try to do something. I hope so. And, and and it's easy to say, oh, Charles, you know, you're just jealous of today's players. And don't tell me about what it was like back in the old days. Well, I'm going to tell you what it was like, folks. Uh, it was a lot harder to travel than these guys travel now. Uh, back in Barclays time, these guys were actually flying commercial. You'd be checking in for a flight mm. to, to uh, Portland 
here in Denver, and the L.A. Lakers would be waiting at the gate with you. Yeah. So, and they were playing back-to-backs, and they were playing four games in five nights, and and the the best players still played, you know, 70, 75 games, and I don't know, the NBA, the, the quality of play in the playoffs and finals still was awesome. They were still going at each other 100 miles an hour. So, yeah, I'm with Charles on this one. I am too. I, I'm with Charles as well. I mean, you're, you basketball players are supposed to play basketball. That's what you're supposed to do. Same with NFL players. You're supposed to play in the NFL. Like you, you, you're supposed to play the game. You're supposed to play the game hurt and, and injured for crying out loud. So um, that there's a badge of honor to that that has somehow slipped. And yeah, he's he's right. The owners need to put their foot down, and they're going to. They, they, and, they, and they're and going they should, to they because should. the commissioners come out and said this this is a problem, and we need to address it. So good. Well, the Jeff Saturday honeymoon might be over. Yeah, man. Good. So gracious. after taking over, coming out of the TV booth, he mm. went one in seven as the interim head coach of the Colts, and there has been a petition that is now going around Indy. Don't hire Jeff Saturday as head coach. And as as of yesterday afternoon, they had about twenty four hundred signatures. That's just Ooh. mean. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about somebody who just. Was a beloved right, cult. cult. I mean, this would be the equivalent of you taking over the Broncos, mm-hmm. although you aren't as beloved as Jeff Saturday, and going one and seven and then having a petition out to not hire you. What do you mean I'm not as I beloved? I don't think you're as beloved as Saturday, are you? Ooh. Yeah, probably not. No. No, because I got right on the Denver radio. You yeah, know, exactly. Some people don't like me. Knocked yourself out of the circle, had to write a letter to get back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah stuff like that. You know, I mean, some people don't like the truth. I get it. You think Saturday ends up getting the, the gig? No. Who's going to take it? Who's going to work for Ursay? You think he's going to get the gig? Has he taken himself out of the running yet? No, he's had a second interview. Okay, then. And wasn't it Ursay's... Wasn't the controversial statement from Ursay right at the beginning that uh, I, I I want this to be full time and people are like whoa 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 you can't just there's a process to go through well they're going through the process and mm-hmm. I would still say he's the odds-on favorite I'm surprised he wants it honestly you think he's the odds-on favorite who is going to get it ahead of him Jerry Vero <laughs> maybe yeah maybe Jerry Vero I think it's gonna be Saturday. Sunday, Kansas City, Burrowhead Stadium. Send those refunds. That's what Bengals players are talking about publicly. Burrowhead. That Arrowhead is now Burrowhead because See, of that's Joe not Burrow's a, success there. That's not a good. That is not a good precedent to start. The ba- are the, the Bengals saying that out loud? Burrowhead. Yes. Yeah, see, this is the exact thing that they got into going into Buffalo. We can't win, you know, the whole chip on your shoulder. Oh, you know, Mahomes is injured. Oh, it's our stadium, Burrowhead. That's, uh, you don't want, me personally, now, of course, I'm Chicken Little. So, I don't want any bulletin board out material out there at all. But come on, like Kansas City ain't a proud franchise. Yeah, Mahomes as I'm an here. Mahomes as an underdog at home. I'm here. I'm here. Man, I cannot. I'm here. I can't, I can't bet can't, against Mahomes at home. I can't pick these games. Can't do it. I mean, 
seriously, I have vacillated back and forth. I think, like, since he, but I don't like this. Like, all of a sudden, I feel like I'll take the points and I'll take Kansas City. Yeah, but you know what? I remember covering a couple of Super Bowls with those Cowboy teams with Jimmy Johnson. They were young. They were brash. They were playing the Bills, and the Bills had been to a couple of Super Bowls, and they had the experience, and they were being quiet, uh-huh. and the Cowboys were being the Cowboys, and everyone was like, oh, Dallas is too too raw. They're too young. They don't know what it's all about. And then they went out and just opened a can. Opened a can. I, so, will, say, I will say this, though. The team that they assembled... Oh, it was the greatest football team ever. It's just, it's it's just stupid. All-star. Like every position was an all-star. Just crazy. All right, who are you going to go with really quick? I think I'm going to go. I don't like this. Uh, I'm, I picked weeks and weeks ago, KC, San Fran. I'm going to stick with it. I race a stew out of me. I don't know. I... I but I think, I think, I think part of me just can't go against Mahomes, but I Burrow might be his. They're the new Manning and Brady. It, it, it might be maybe, uh, it might be Brady's time here. So maybe his nemesis. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Those refunds. I'm going to go with Cincinnati and at Burrowhead. And what about the NFC? Who you got? Oh yeah, you're going with 49ers. Yeah, I Boy. I don't feel very confident in that pick at all. I'm just sad that you're going to be here and not Philadelphia because if. San Francisco loses. I know that you'd like to be the first person there to give Kyle a hug. Oh, Say yeah. it's going to be okay. Yeah, I'll go. With I'd be in. I'd be in line though. I mean, first off, first off, Peggy, mm-hmm. his mom. Yep. Then Mike. Then Mike. Then I'd let his wife give him a hug. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Maybe the kids. Yeah. Then boom, stink. <laughs> <laughs> Just that's the pecking. That's order. the pecking. It's order. like a wedding. It's like the reception line. Of sure, wedding, right? sure, you go sure. Down there, and yeah, you shake hands. But outside of family, you're the first oh, guy. No, more like a funeral. Yeah, you walk down. Sorry for your loss. Sorry for your loss. Sorry for your loss. Sorry for your loss. Boom. They stink. They stink right in there. All right, I'll, I'll go with Philly. That is uh, what is. Why a do you hate my Shanahan? Trending. Why do you? Hate? Why do I hate the Shanahan Why? so much? Why? I don't understand. We'll discuss it. that as part of. Is it just me Friday next? Loosen up those joints and muscles. It's time for your 745 stretch. Here's Schlereth and Evans with the biggest story in Denver sports. We have entered the zone on a Friday where we like to get loose. Oh, yeah. 745 on. It's time on a Friday to get loose. So let that be reflected in your texts. On the Ramoslaw.com text line 303-713-1043 as we uh, dive into an Is It Just Me Friday. Here we go. Here's one. Is okay. it just me or if our weak-ass Broncos almost beat KC, no way the Bengals lose against old Gimpy. Old Gimpy? Old Gimpy. Dixie, no. Oh, my gosh. What do you think? they Like, how do you think he plays? Here's, like, here's my, here's my yeah. concern. Here's my concern, okay? Off-schedule plays that that guy makes, they probably get, offensively, seven off-schedule plays a game in the passing game just because protection breaks down, he makes people miss, he throws some sidearm ridiculous throw you know, to, to Travis Kelsey and he goes for 28 yards or whatever, right? And I was explaining this to you off-air yesterday, um, and I don't like 
analytics because math has never blocked anybody or made one tackle, right? It, it just Math is nerd. But the way it was explained to me analytically is every explosive play that happens for you as an offense is the equivalent of just shy of three points. So you can't put a drive together. There's like a 7% chance of scoring if you don't have an explosive play, 20-plus yard passing pay, 12-yard plus run play, if you don't have at least an explosive play in a drive, like the odds of of scoring on a drive without one explosive play is at about 7%. So each explosive play averages about 2.8 points per game or per explosive, right? So all of a sudden, if you go, all right, we're going to eliminate your off-scheduled explosives down from seven a game in the passing game to two, well, you're talking about almost 15 points. Like, where are you going to make those up? Because that's how they that's how they score, Mike. They score because they have ridiculous off schedule plays. They go for big yardage all the time. Think about Mahomes. All right, we're getting ready to say some good things about Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So, in order to just kind of you know not make him yeah. seem like the boogeyman a little bit, we try to kind of knock him down a peg or two. So here you go. Here's our I mean, speaks volumes to this team and like how much yeah. heart and determination that we have. <laughs> There you go, big finish. Now we can talk about how great he is. The thing about him is, and there's a perception it's wrong, that this guy is just, oh, yeah, he runs around and makes things happen. Dude is just an assassin from the the pocket. And and that's always been my point about... When you talk about these these running quarterbacks, yeah, it's great. But until they prove that they can consistently win from the pocket, they're never going to be the kind of quarterback that you can just win with week after week, year after year. And the thing about Mahomes is, remember back when Hill got traded? Uh-huh. Everyone's like, oh, boy, this is, uh, this is really going to affect Patrick Mahomes. It's going to really impact his numbers. You're right. Not having Tyreek Hill did change his numbers. Right. He threw for a higher completion percentage this year. He threw for more yards this year. He threw for more touchdowns this year. It's crazy. All he did, and this is what a great quarterback does. He says, okay, I don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. All right, I got Sky Moore, and I got Kadarius Tony. I got uh, uh, Valdez Scantling. I'll just, I'll just, I got Juju. I'll just, I'll make these guys all better than they are. Mm-hmm. And he did. It's incredible, really, when you think about what he was able to accomplish. I mean, you know, TDs and completion percentages you mentioned. And, and you know, I mean, it's it's the, the argument that you always go back to, and it's 100% true, is that great quarterbacks make receivers more than great receivers make quarterbacks. I yes. mean, Derek Carr got the best receiver in football. Guy put up big numbers. What didn't happen to him? They dumped him. Charles and Centennial, is it just me or Stinker is very beloved? But if he lost seven games as a coach, he might as well go to Vegas and do Raider Radio. He would be dead to me. <laughs> Our Jeff Saturday yeah, equivalent he's got here. A point. Our Jeff Saturday I, equivalent here. I, in Denver. Yeah, I, I listen. I appreciate that. It like it's not a try hard league. It's not a you know. It's not a hey you're a good dude league. It's a you better play. You you better win. That's what this league is. I get that. Uh, is it just me or the Broncos escaped 
a major headache by not hiring Sean Payton. Dude is overrated. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that I, I don't get it. Yeah. Have we become so used to what has happened around here in the last seven years that a guy like Sean Payton scares us? Yes! He He scares us because of... The power he can command, he scares us because of the money it's going to cost. He scares us because it's going to cost a late, late first-round draft pick that you didn't even have at the beginning of November. Why is everybody so scared of Sean Payton? Uh, yeah, it's a great call. Why are they scared? Well, you know what? We uh, like we get scared of... Spending other people's money, like what? What are we scared of? We're scared of that he's going to to demand accountability, that he's going to demand a culture of of hard work and and work ethic. Like, like, are you of? Let, let me tell you something. Winning takes unbelievable sacrifice from everybody within an organization, and there's a reason that very few teams consistently win. You know why? Because it's hard. Winning is hard. And you got to make hard decisions. You got to make hard, like you got to make hard choices. And you know what? I want a dude that is not afraid to do it and not afraid to ruffle a few feathers. That doesn't bother me at all. Hey, by the way, Johnny, can you throw a little uh, little birthday music in there? Oh yeah, we wow. debuted this the other day. I like this one. Yeah. Hey, here's a shout out. To my granddaughter, Quinn. Quinny Popo loves you. I know you're driving to school right now. Well, not yourself. You're not driving. Your mom's driving you. But happy 10th birthday to Quinny and Drew. Have a great day at school. Zane, I love you too. I know you're riding shotgun. Well, you're not actually in shotgun. I mean, you're just in the car seat. You gotta make sure that my daughter-in-law doesn't get pulled over. To your son, right? Shotgun. Quinny, Papa loves you. Happy birthday! You're the best. I can't wait to pick you up from school today and embarrass you. Have a great day, sweetheart. I love you. Oh, Papa loves you. There you go. Happy birthday, Quinny. Yeah. Have a great day, girls. Ten already. Ten. Ten. I know. Holy smokes. Way to go. You, you believe that? Ten years old, man. It does move fast. Does does yeah. move fast, doesn't it? Whew. Uh, I was thinking about the, the whole Peyton thing. So compare and contrast what's going on, the reaction to bringing in a guy like Peyton versus what's going on in Boulder with Dion. Think about it. Right. CU is paying Dion more than they've ever paid a coach. Mm-hmm. They're giving him the kind of autonomy and, and, and power to do whatever he wants. Mike, it's a great analogy. The guy came in, you talk about instilling a little bit of fear. Yeah. yeah. But maybe some people perceive Peyton to be a bit of a, a you know, a bully or he's right. power hungry. Dion comes walking in. He tells guys, hey, portal's open. Right. You're free to leave. Yeah. Driving guys away. Uh, setting up his own uh, sponsorship deals. Right. Selling his own merchandise. The ultimate power flex is being shown by Deion Sanders at CU. Sure. And guess what? Everybody loves it. It's working like a charm. Loves it. We coming! We coming! Loves it.
So right. why are we worried about somebody having that kind of power right. and and ego and, and almost arrogance right. when it comes to Sean Payton? Why, why are people scared off from it? Right, Mike, I was just thinking about this, and I haven't heard this anywhere else, but think about what's going on with the Broncos right now and in CU. Like, CU went and hired um, Deion Sanders, right? And he has total autonomy. He's got, like, all the power. Like, he has created the, uh, yeah, the portals. Hey, man, most of you aren't going to be here. Yeah, like, get out. Like, how's it working for CU? They've never been more popular in the last two decades than what's going on right now. And I was just thinking about this right off the top of my head. And uh, why not Sean Payton? The same thing could happen. This is how you, this is how you steal my intellectual property. You are my intellectual yes, property. Yes, you just stole yeah. it. Yeah, I, I didn't steal it. It's part of the, my contract. <laughs> you can take it. Now but is it, is it true, yeah, though? Yeah, no, it's a great, it's it's, a, it's a great call. Right, why? By the way, how do you make this a destination? How do you make this a destination? Seriously. How do you make the Denver Broncos a free agent destination? You know, because we had DJ Reader on the mind a couple of years ago, and he chose Cincinnati over... Denver, like Cincinnati was a better choice. Like, how do you make it? Because right now, Russell Wilson is not making this a free agent destination spot. You think people are going, oh, I can't wait to go play with Russell Wilson right now? Not unless he starts playing well. So how do you do it? Sean Payton. Here's what you do. This thing can still be saved. Okay, I know it's it doesn't look good right now, and... Peyton, uh, maybe getting too caught up in, in being in the media and, and talking for a living and all that kind of stuff. And he's been uh, rambling on too much to people. And those people have been running with his comments. Maybe he told these people things and he didn't think that they would go off and have such loose lips about it. Whatever. I get it. Peyton doesn't look good in this. Let's everybody step back. Peyton. George Penner, let's start this over again. Right. D'Amico Ryans is coaching this weekend. Okay, nothing's going to happen. Let's use this weekend to repair this relationship. And let's do the right thing. And let's get this thing fixed. Because Sean Payton remains the best guy for this job. He's exactly what this team needs at this point. They don't need another first-time head coach. Agreed. I don't. I have no stomach to break in another first-time head coach where the only argument you can make for this first-time head coach is, well, maybe this time it'll be different. Sorry, I'm I'm over that. And the other thing, too, is is you're not only talking about a first-time head coach, but you are talking about a def- defensive-minded head coach. And right now, it is not looking good for defensive-minded head coaches. Look what's going on around the league. Robert Sala, defensive-minded head coach. They're, they're a mess right now. They haven't developed Zach Wilson. They're hoping Aaron Rodgers comes to their rescue. Defensive-minded head coach. Brandon Staley. The feeling is, hey, he's going to start next season on the hot seat. Why? Because Justin Herbert just hasn't. There's a feeling that Justin Herbert's being held back by a defensive-minded well, head coach. He's the best three-year start of any quarterback in the history of the National Football League. But there's still, a feeling, there's still right. a feeling that he's capable of more. Right. But, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, and you're not going to have him on his rookie deal anymore, and you guys can't get out of the first round of the playoffs. Now that Brian Dable is gone, rumblings that, hey, Sean McDermott, you're, you're holding back Josh Allen. Yes. Uh, keep going. Well, Vic Fangio, enough said. 
Geez, even in even in even in uh, New England of all places, they they had the harebrained idea of making a former defensive guy their offensive coordinator, and that was a unmitigated disaster. So, right now you're looking at at, at some point you, you have to sort of take the idea that well, this time it'll be different, and just look at the facts and the trends. And the the evidence that's out there to suggest this is another, this would be another risky hire. And a guy like Peyton is a sure thing. He is a sure thing. He's got the record, the resume to prove it. And so it'll cost you a little bit more money. Who cares? So it'll cost you a first round pick late in the first round that you didn't even have in early November. Who cares? Right. So it'll mean giving a guy the kind of power that hasn't existed around Dove Valley since the days of Mike Shanahan. Oh, by the way, how did that work? Just fine. Yeah, winningest coach you've ever had. So um, I, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't get the Peyton backlash, especially when you compare and contrast it to what's going on in Boulder right now, where everybody loves the fact that Dion is in charge. It's the Dion show. Sure, I. Listen, you know, for all those who who would say, hey, Sean Payton, ego this, ego that, like, I, I'm telling you, I went over there for spring, or I went over there for summer camp, and I told you this, went over for summer camp, and I'm over there, and he rolls me into, he goes, come here, come here, we leave stretch, he runs me into the facility, and he showed me each area of the locker room and the facility that they've invested in, like, okay, this year, I want my players, every year I want my players to come back and have something exciting to talk about, like something exciting that we did. This year we redid the entire locker room, right? And we put these we these dryers for their shoulder pads and blah, 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 blah. And then the last year, the last year we did this new hydrotherapy unit. And then the year before that we did this cryovac chamber area, you know. And that, and he's like he's so excited about what they've done for their players to make this facility just, you know, like to, just a – to showcase his players. Then we go back on the field and he goes, Hey man, any drill you see that you don't think is that something's not being coached right or you don't like what's going, you stop the drill. Stop the drill. Is that a guy that has an ego? Is that a guy that's just um, power hungry? Is that, that's a dude that wants to get like, like that's, he wants the best for his players. He wants his players to have the best opportunity to win. I don't know. I, I, the, the whole, you know, it's funny how that it's almost like, it's almost like you know when when Kirk Cousins was the was the the deal here, right? And it was Kirk Cousins is great. Kirk Cousins this would be great, and then Kirk Cousins turned the Broncos down and decided Minnesota. And then then all of a sudden it was Kirk Cousins a weirdo. Kirk Cousins is you know Ned Flanders. He's just not the guy you want. Can't win on prime time. Right. Wants his own office. Right. All yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. 